Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing well, doing well. Good. Ready and raring to go. Big Wednesday, big Wednesday. We're, we're looking for the momentum. Yes. Is, the, is it the momentum in our direction or against us? It's, it seems like that every day we feel that yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it bounces back and forth. But, you know, a year and a half ago, I would say the momentum, we didn't even know there was any momentum on our side. Yeah, that's true. But we'll have a couple of reports today that the momentum is building. There's more resistance, but we also have some problems, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but we have not given up yet. But we have, uh, I want to start off with some news and uh, driven by the, by the young people. You know, he's always said, it's the, the real enemy of the world are the unvaccinated. Yeah. Those, those non-vaccinated, those are evil people. And, and some of them, literally, they should be locked up. Yeah, they do talk that way. And uh, they're the ones who have to be controlled. But there's a little bit of uh, exasperation with that attitude and people are changing their, their, their mind. And uh, one thing, uh, one thing that they've gotten away with, but they're not going to get away with it forever, is that well, the unvaxxers obviously uh, they're the ones who are going to be carrying the virus, spreading the virus around. They're responsible for all the all the cases and all the deaths because they were out there spreading around. Turns out, probably not true. Yeah, it, it might even be the opposite of truth. Because if you're young and you have uh, not been uh, vaccinated, uh, that you're less likely to spread the disease than you are the, if you've been vaccinated, which seems awfully strange. You know, well, if you're vaccinated, at least you wouldn't be as uh, a, a danger. You couldn't spread it. But it turns out that uh, this vaccination that's going on is, is not exactly perfect medicine. Yeah. And uh, the vaccine is less than one of the most perfect vaccines ever developed. And it raises a lot of questions. It does. And let's look at this as something we've been noticing now. Uh, and this is upsetting the narrative. It's not supposed to happen this way. This is from Reuters. Most reported U.S. Omicron cases have hit the fully vaccinated. And this is according to the CDC. Uh, most of the uh, 43 COVID-19 cases caused by the Omicron variant identified in the U.S. so far were in people who were fully vaccinated, and a third of them had even received their booster doses. Uh, so of the 43, and this is a few days ago, so I'm sure it's a lot higher than that, of the 43 cases attributed to Omicron, 34 of them had been fully vaccinated, 14 of those fully vaccinated with the additional shot, and obviously they're still, they're still catching it and apparently still spreading it. And let's look at that next clip because this is in tune with what we've seen out of South Africa. Now this is the Telegraph, a UK newspaper. The Omicron epidemic is being driven by young vaccinated people, according to mounting data from countries as diverse as the UK, Denmark, and South Africa. So that means that people who are fully vaccinated are getting it and spreading it. But Dr. Paul, let's just do the next one and I'll kick it back. But if you dare say this, this just came out, Twitter to penalize users who claim that vaccinated people can spread COVID-19. And of course, that must mean that the CDC will be kicked off, Dr. Paul, because on their own website, the CDC says vaccinated people can spread COVID-19. Are you holding your breath for this moment? <laughs> yeah, bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Fauci. <laughs> but, but, you know, with this evidence now, you'd think that... Uh, people would understand why the resistance movement is growing by leaps and bounds and how these people can do exactly what you say. They don't, they don't quit. 
they, they keep coming back and saying, they're a danger, they're a danger, and, and they've gotten away with it. But what I sense is they're not getting away with it as easily as they did a year or so ago, because, uh, you know, the patriotic zeal of uh, doing exactly what our government tells us to do is waning, and the medical defense of what they're doing it, it is uh, waning. There's not the uh, not acceptance of the of the uh, arguments now coming from the opposition saying this is the, the people who won't get the shots are really bad bad people, and it turns out that. Uh, uh, they might have uh, saved themselves some harm, you know, yeah. and, and and real real problem, and, and then of course getting into the next step of, uh, and we will in a, in a minute about the the treatments available, you know, uh, once it's uh, who spreads and what's happened, but but the options on treatment, so the options uh, have been interfered with uh, tremendously. You know, cancer is a difficult disease, and there's a lot of you know, evidence for this and this and this, but there's a lot of flexibility too. You know, people are a lot of uh, try different things, and the doctors are given a fair amount of leeway. Uh, but in this case uh, of what's going on, uh, it's the least amount, and yet they dwell on the non-vaxxers. You know, yeah. the people who have not had their vaccine. They are evil people, and they have to be stopped, according to our opposition in reality is coming into direct conflict with that with that idea you know which is that it's all we talked about it yesterday this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated which is now clearly not the case according to the CDC itself according to the mainstream media of all but they're losing control of this narrative by the facts on the ground which are that this variant is uh, infecting people who are fully vaccinated but what are they trying to do they're trying to double down and I just wonder let's look at this next clip because here's the CNBC response to the fact that vaccinated people are getting Omicron. No, no, let's go back one, please. <laughs> Their response is, get your booster shot. <laughs> so <laughs> they never quit. <laughs> vaccinated people are getting Omicron, so get a booster. And I just wonder though, I wonder if this will be uh, effective because basically what they're saying is, hey, the first two doses of this didn't work. You're getting this, you're getting this thing. So get another one. And I just wonder how effective it's going to be. It will remain to be seen how effective that is. Well, I have a prediction. It's not going to help very much. Yeah. Just getting another, another shot. And uh, there's so many negatives coming out. Uh, you know, there was another report today, an, another soccer player, yeah. you know, had 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 the inoculation and uh, it has, has heart trouble, it looks like. So, uh, it, but it doesn't seem to do it. You, you take the healthiest people sometimes yeah, they uh, and, and they're the ones who are suffering. And, and other times, uh, oh, the innocent children, we have to really protect them because they don't know what to do to protect themselves. It, it, here they don't even need it. Yeah. And uh, yet... They, they continue to push it, and uh, unfortunately, uh, that hasn't been reversed. But uh, there are some people getting frustrated with the school system requiring all these shots and all this treatment. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we'll see something better. But you know, it's just like buying a, a brand of car you like. You buy it, it's a lemon. You buy a second one, it's a lemon. Are you going to get a third one? <laughs> yeah, same you know, thing. I don't know, but I wanted to quickly go through this kind of thing, and I, I just think this sort of it just seems to me like gaslighting because the Omicron has caused. Uh, all over the place reactions. And so I want to do kind of a slideshow just for a second, Dr. Paul. And let's go to that next one. This is that Telegraph one. And it's just sort of the juxtaposition of these articles. So here we have it. Everyone's panicking. Omicron may be no worse than the flu, says former government advisor. This is the Telegraph. 
But even if that's the case, there's still the fear mongers. Let's go to the next one. Here's today on Drudge. CDC issues winter warning. He's definitely, definitely pushing the fear porn to the thousandth degree. And then let's go to the next one. Here we have an MD. He's being interviewed on MedPage today. And he's obviously qualified. He's an MD. And he's talking about, uh, he's a director of infectious diseases. He says, Omicron's possible genetic links to the common cold. Does it matter? It's an interesting discussion. It should be discussed in the scientific community, but no discussion, because look at the next one, if we can put it up. Reuters says, no way, Jose. Fact check, Omicron is not the common cold rebranded. So they've had the final word. And I just sort of put these together, Dr. Paul, just to show how the, the information is so wildly divergent, it almost feels like gaslighting. Yeah, so a political declaration is superior to investigation. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't even permit investigation, especially if they suspect the investigation is going to prove the politicians to be wrong. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's the logical conclusion. It is. Well, I guess our second one is just a, sort of a, an interesting <laughs> one that we want to discuss. Yeah. And it was all over Twitter yesterday, but an elementary school in, in Denver, Colorado, has announced that they will have playtime that is segregated uh, for people according to race, and it's just it's it's interesting. That's really modern day thinking, isn't it? Yeah. You know? uh, I looked at that, and I thought, this has to be the silly season. Yeah, you, you know that uh, they're going to put a sign up. There's actually a sign. Do you you don't happen to have a clip of that sign? Yeah, do we you? can put it back up. Yeah. Yeah, the the sign is something else. Families of color playground night, <laughs> Wednesday, twelve eight at four ten p.m. Can you imagine how many people? who have said this, or even have this belief, uh, would, would get into a lot, a lot of trouble, lose their job and every, everything else. But, but, you know, in a way, um, you know, the principle, as negative as it is to have, you know, this deliberate segregation, it's, it's always in the past, even yeah. before uh, the, uh, the integration in the 50s, uh, that was done all the time, but it was the government that was do doing it. Yeah. And here, here it is with government force that's doing it. And, uh, you know, we, I think it was in there, the, the question was asked, well, uh, what do, do you think we can sue people? Can we, can we sue you if, you if somebody's denied? And they said, yes, <laughs> you, they, they can sue them if, uh, if anybody's denied entry to this. But this, uh, you, you know, you and I were talking about this and we're trying to figure out the logic of it. And I said, let's quit this stuff about being <laughs> trying to figure out the logic of these people who do this. Because uh, the, the, the only way I resolve it, which I've said many times, if you look at it, what is, the, what, what, what is their goal? And their goal is chaos and messing things up and getting us upset yeah, and, yeah. and trying to say, pulling our hair. Why would they do this? This is so dumb. But uh, from their viewpoint, it has to serve a purpose. And if they're getting people upset, uh, they're doing a pretty good job. But I would uh, say people who see information like this, they should investigate it before they get upset and uh, figure out what, what is their goal and then resist. And that's what's happening. People are, people are, you know, seeing too much of it and they don't believe. Basically, they've, uh, uh, over the years now, they have uh, believed the government less and less. So now they're finally coming around to this. They figured the government would be more honest about sickness and illness and, and uh, vaccines. But now they're waking up and they're, they're starting to resist. And I think we have a couple examples today we'll mention. Resistance is still there, still there. and hopefully growing.
Well, you know, the saying is the revolution always eats its own, and I think that's what <laughs> yeah. we see with this. But it's just fascinating, and we sort of point out because it's ironic um, that wokeism seems to have gone full circle from being about equality to going back to segregationism, you know, which we think of as something from the 50s, an evil thing that was imposed by the state. Um, and, and in fact, I sent this over to you yesterday because at first I didn't believe it was true. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and then I kept saw it, Chris Rufo of uh, City Journal put it up, and I thought it was a joke. And then I kept seeing it put up over and over again, and I realized it's actually not a joke. And someone else just put up the next clip because someone else made an interesting point. He said, if you make the picture black and white, you'd think it was a picture taken pre-1970. <laughs> and it really does, you know, with the, um, the drinking fountains that say colored and the others say white. But, you know, the, I think the point that we'd make, because conservatives would say, oh, this just shows that the left is just as racist as they say we are. And I think our point would be different, which is, A, the irony of going back to this in the name of wokeism, but B, the fact that it's pushed by the state. And I think we would argue, and you, you would argue, that you know, if people want to, in their private capacity, have events that are for people of their same color or race, they should be perfectly free to do so. Okay. And a lot of people do choose to associate with people that are of the same faith, of the same uh, you know, background, cultural background, and racial background. When uh, Carol and I moved from the north, Pennsylvania, to come and open up my practice here in Lake Jackson, uh, it was just, uh, you know, the end of the 50s, and integration was a big thing. There was supposedly supposed to be a big difference between north and south, but I don't, I don't think that uh, difference was as much as it was meant to be. But there was integration, you know, uh, the, uh, people, uh, blacks were going to school, uh, they, they were doing it all together, and uh, I was much aware of that. And, as I drove to the hospital, I always had to pass the high school. Mm -hmm. And on Saturdays, uh, the, the football fields were open to anybody who wanted to go there and, and have a pickup game. Mm -hmm. And I remember shortly after this, there were all this excitement of, of immigration and all. I rode through past the field, and there, were, there was no supervisors, no teachers, no policemen, uh, no, nobody. But there were two games. The kids just went out there, and interestingly enough, there were two games. <laughs> it was segregated. Huh, and, uh, but I don't think that would happen today. I think we've advanced much further than that. Yeah. But, but still, uh, it, it, it interested me. I said, well, maybe some of this stuff can be worked out in yeah. a voluntary fashion because uh, and I always think sports have offered opportunities for that because yeah. I, I love the idea that uh, the first real integration after the war came in baseball. Yeah, you, you know, and, and uh, the and the segregation during the war was in the military. It was all government, yeah, you know, government. that sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, I um, think of this of what they're doing here. Just another silly thing going on, and it's almost like. They haven't quite destroyed government schooling. They're working yeah. hard on it. So <laughs> out of <close>. frustration, <laughs> they thought, well, we'll add a little bit more confusion out there. And we say, okay, we're going back to segregation yeah. and blacks want uh, their, their own recreation center. So yeah. it, it's a bit crazy. But the people, uh, it's up to the people to figure it out, both yeah. morally and, and all. And uh, don't rely on the government to give us good medical care or uh, how to spend our spare time. Yeah, exactly. Well, we want to talk just for a second about Senator Paul because he was on with uh, Dan Bonino on his show, I think, on Fox. Uh, he made a couple of good points, and, and we're just going to hit a couple of them. Because he talked about, you know, Chuck Schumer, Senator Schumer, 
He said, oh, those evil anti-vaxxers, <laughs> they're just like the flat earthers 400 years ago. And Senator Paul had a great quip. He wrote, Schumer left out one thing. When they were denying that the earth went around the sun, it was the government denying it, and it was an independent scientist trying to set them straight. It, it's a powerful point. It is. But there's a lot of things in medicine that was done by private observation, uh, you, you, you know, uh, people working in labs, you know, penicillin was developed yeah. that way, and also washing our hands. It, yeah. did, it didn't require government to finally tell us, yeah, wash your hands. Yeah. So, no, a, a lot of it, and, and a lot of things even going on today are private doctors uh, uh, working with patients and observing. And uh, that's the important thing is uh, the doctor should observe and listen and they will come up with the new ideas. A lot of times even the technology advanced faster today uh, in the private sector rather than in the medical centers. Yeah. There, were, there were times when new equipment was coming out and being in the medical center, I wanted to do it. And they said, oh, no, the private doctors are doing that. And they were usually uh, further ahead. Uh -huh. So uh, the people who believe that, oh, you're going to turn it over to the people and not have the government. And the government's not going to be controlling Medicare and Medicaid. Um, everybody's going to be out on the street without med medical care. Well. When I got out of medical school and started practice of medicine, there was no Medicare or Medicaid, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't remember anybody uh, being turned away from an emergency room. Yeah. Well, Senator also said the real danger is when you let science be controlled by government by one, or, or by one sort of monolithic individual like Fauci. <laughs> it really doesn't have anything to do with science. He says science usually discovers the truth eventually, but when science is dictated by government, that's what you get, you know, flat earthers. Kind of sounds like what you say. <laughs> so the real flat earthers are the people like Fauci who demand that you only do it one way, only the way he says. That's a good point. And right. Uh, goals are completely different because uh, I think the goals of the people that we're trying to refute are their, their goals. I think is money. I think is power. I think it is control. Uh, and it's not personal liberty. See, they have a complex... Uh, a system of goals that has to they have to use force to do it where the I see what we're proposing is something that is voluntarism and when people say oh, what does that mean you can do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt anybody what if I make a mistake well that's your that's your problem <laughs> you know that's one thing people have trouble accepting that you're responsible for your actions but uh, I, I think if a person would under, truly understand and promote the principle of voluntarism and nonviolence, we could go a long way uh, in progressing from this, uh, from the age that has been around for thousands of years where the few uh, become tyrants because of their uh, psychological and f defects in uh, the use of power. Yeah. And, and that's been around for a long time. We'll speak about the abuse of power. Let's look at our next story. And this is the and this is going to our resistance area, and it's actually a good news story if we can look at that next clip. A quarter of New York counties refuse to, quote, become mask police despite Hochul's mandate. She said, everyone's got to wear a mask in New York. The new governor she took over for Cuomo and is even worse than Cuomo. But the counties are fighting back. The county executives are fighting back, and they're saying, no way. We're not going to do this again. Now, this this is another great example. Even in New York, they're Even in New York, re yeah. resisting. I don't know if that's uh, will be. No, it, we have to admit that the uh, counties 
that had uh, uh, politicians in there a little bit more reasonable, like they, they weren't, uh, you know, radical leftists. Uh, they were the ones who were doing it. But nevertheless, the principle is there. Someday, maybe uh, the New York City will wake up and, and, uh, and join in the resistance. And uh, that's... Uh, that's why you know it's so important to show the results of the two different things, and there are there's a lot of examples, uh, and we've talked about this. Look at the differences in states, countries, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and, and different categories of people, how they take care of things, and what they their attitude is toward government, and the results are different. And so, if uh, if the fancy philosophy doesn't work, uh, the pragmatic approach, uh, you know, enters into it too. Hey, we could be better off. But most of the time, people are tempted and accept the idea, oh, I'm going to be better off if I, get my, if I send somebody to Washington that's going to get my stuff for me, yeah. you know, and, and send me money and send me checks. And guess who sent the checks during COVID? Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was not a party issue. And, and this whole idea, uh, not that I ever want to defend, of, uh, de- defend uh, literally uh, the president that... Uh, there, there has to be an understanding that this problem is a very bipartisan problem, no matter what they do. Just, just with this whole case right now going on with, with the uh, national debt limit being yeah, raised. Yeah. I mean, it, it took McConnell to really do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, what a surprise. So the, the, the people have to wake up and see it as a true issue and a moral issue. What's interesting about New York is, though, I think the, the new governor realizes this is not 2020 anymore. She does not have the deus volt power to make it happen. And I think she admits it. Well, it was on Friday she announced all businesses must either check the vaccine status or require a mask. But then she said, and you know, before it would have been Cuomo pounding his fist and saying do it or die. But here's listen to what she said. We have left this to the counties to enforce. We hope the counties will enforce it. We expect they will. We hope they will. It's in the best interest of public health. She almost sounds defensive, doesn't she? Yeah, and you know, it is deferring because they're on shaky grounds and it's not working out so well. But what they also do, which is something that people should be very cautious about, yeah, they're deferring to the local people, but local politicians like authority too. Yeah, they And sure they do. like to write these mandates as well. But guess what? they're really doing where, where the real problem is is the coalition of big business and government and uh, big business a rollover and uh, and they're the they become the enforcers of all these rules i think that is a great great danger because what they do is they uh, move them a step closer to corporatism and fascism is when the when the uh, the enforcers become the uh, business people and it's and and guess who gets blamed free enterprise, free enterprise. you know freedom gets blamed for that yeah. Well, the last main, main story we want to talk, talk about today, and we can put up that next clip, is also a good news story. Amtrak, which <laughs> went full Karen on the uh, vax mandates and everything, well, they realize it's not that great because they don't have anyone to run their trains. Uh, breaking, Amtrak suspends vaccine mandate and no longer expects to have to cut some service. So what happened is that they put in this mandate, and all of a sudden they were facing losing a lot of people right. to work there, and then they had to cut their routes way back. And that doesn't look good when they come to Congress begging for money. So they said, oh, oh that's right. The Fifth Circuit overturned that. <laughs> so we're going to back down and suspend it. But you, you see exactly what they did. What, what they did was uh, a good thing uh, for, for making our argument. 
that uh, they, they changed it from vaccination to just having a negative COVID test. Uh -huh. Now that's not perfect. It's not perfect. But, but. but the whole thing is it did change. So they did back off about the vaccination. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will say, well, you know, that, that's better than getting jabbed. And there, there is more danger in taking the jab. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so that, uh, that, I think, is an argument in our case in moving in the right direction. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a government corporation. When that story was written, it was written as if it was a company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yet it's, it's really the government. Yeah. And uh, uh, you'd think uh, that the uh, officials and the president would buckle down and say, you know, you, we own you. You're going to do what we say, or we're going to fire you. Or, but that, maybe those days are past, yeah. and, uh, and they and they have tried to maintain this idea that uh, we don't violate freedom of speech and we don't tell people what to do. It's just the corporations. They're they're free enterprise, and they'll tell their people whether or not uh, they'll do it. But if it, if you don't happen to do it, you might just lose your contract next month. Yeah. Well, you know, it does feel that the momentum is, is in our direction, and I hope it stays that way. And it makes you happy. It makes you pleased to see it. But then, uh, if, at least for me, I get angry because I can't believe it went on this long, you <laughs> yeah. know, even though I'm, I'm pleased to see it. So I'm sure most people who see through the, the matrix are having these kind of emotions back and forth between anger and and happiness so we just want to touch on one final thing here yes uh, we've talked about uh, what dr. Peter McCullough has said and some people say he's very very controversial and he doesn't deserve access to the internet and that sort of thing that makes you think wonder what he's telling the truth about. Yeah, yeah really and he he's been around he's been on TV but uh, he has been curtailed but uh, he talked to somebody totally non-controversial <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was talking to a fellow named Joe Rogan yeah. oh, but he can't be all that bad because uh, because of a little incident that happened in the campaign yeah he had a Ron Paul t-shirt on that's now, right I don't know whether I should <laughs> if I ever meet him I think I'll wear a t-shirt with Joe Rogan's <laughs> so anyway Anyway, uh, he, um, he, he, <coughs> he was saying about the pro protocol, the, the big thing that he did in this interview, he suggested that there was probably a deliberate uh, position on those individuals who write up protocols for diseases, very non-specifically. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't see exact, exactly who the individual was and this sort of thing, but, uh, but the principle he was uh, describing rather clearly. Now, a protocol can be very, very helpful, especially if, uh, if there's a consensus. And there's a, a lot of consensus. I think of one thing uh, in, uh, in, in OB is uh, toxemia, pregnancy is a very dangerous disease. Mm -hmm. And it can get a little complicated and all kinds of co complications that can occur. So there are protocols on that. And they're not mandates. And they've been designed by, not Dr. Fauci didn't get involved in that. He said he didn't know anything about OB. <laughs> he was a vaccinologist. Uh, yeah, really. So, so anyway, uh, but, but the protocol uh, is something that can be helpful and gives you direction and sort of a checklist that you, the things that you can do. But his argument was they deliberately yeah, he, that's what he was implying that yeah. they deliberately avoided that. They didn't want anybody to have it, but in a way, indirectly, they were devising a protocol by, uh, by uh, refusing to allow people to use certain drugs yeah. and, and do things. And, and the protocol, 
uh, it was very informal and mostly the so-called protocol was written by government uh, bureaucrats and that's when a lot of people were dying on uh, respirators yeah. and things like that. So uh, a protocol in itself is just not evil and bad. Uh, there can be a good protocol, there can be a bad protocol, but this is, this is not good, uh, yeah. this be true, so maybe there'll be more information on this later. What was so impressive, and I knew a little bit about the doctor, but in, early in the interview he recited his credentials, and there, I mean, there, nobody could not be impressed. I think he's the, if not one of the most published medical professionals oh, in the I country. Know. 600 and some peer-reviewed articles. So this guy, has, he's been around the block. He knows what he's talking about. And it was a very powerful interview. And you know it was powerful because people have now been permanently banned from Twitter just for posting little clips of the article, which is insane. But here I think it's a smoking gun. And, and you ref referred to it, but I'm just going to read it if you don't mind. This is Dr. Peter McCullough talking to Joe Rogan. It seems to me early on there was an intentional, very comprehensive suppression of early treatment in order to promote fear, suffering, isolation, hospitalization, and death. And it seemed to be completely organized and intentional in order to create the acceptance for and promotion of mass vaccination. Isn't that horrible? Scandal of the century. Let's hope somebody does a deep investigation, but now it's not permissible to do it or, make, no. or broadcast it. But uh, yes, it would be nice to know, and a lot of people are, are going to uh, be very sympathetic to this argument. And uh, you can see why, with, uh, with McCullough's credentials, why this man has to be stopped. Yeah, exactly. He has to be discredited, and that's, that's what they're doing now. If they can't do it just by refuting him, they can't do it that way. Yeah. They have to use force and intimidation, and they have to, you know, cancel his ability yeah. to express himself. But, uh, you know, I keep thinking about that might, might get more people to watch him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think about how much, uh, uh, you, you know, effort was put in uh, put, put in against Ann Rand to publish Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Nobody would do a review. I mean, uh, th there was nothing official from the government, but but at, back then the uh, media was very uh, very friendly with the government. So they she got all all negative. If if she had publicity, it was all negative. And what does it turn out to be? Probably one of the, or it might be close to being one of the most published book ever. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, pretty amazing. So we shouldn't say, oh well, they're against uh, McCullough. He'll never get out of there. Uh, we're not going to buy his book. Yeah, you should buy more books and pass it out. Read it and make sure you agree with it yeah. and maybe spread the message. Exactly. Well, I'm just going to close by bringing back my old villain of the week because this is the villain of the week. And I would just suggest people, you know, they're out. I'll go to the stores, Dr. Paul. A lot of people out Christmas shopping. A lot of people getting ready for Christmas dinner. Uh, a little early for me, but a lot of people are doing it. When you go out shopping, you might want to keep this in mind. Let's put up this final clip if you can. I saw this this morning and was pretty disturbed, Kroger adds a monthly surcharge for unvaccinated workers and cuts their COVID-19 sick leave, punishing their employees, taking, stealing their money and taking away their sick leave if they make a medical decision for themselves. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad, and I think if you're thinking about buying stuff, you should think, yeah. keep that in mind. During the lockdown, the bad lockdowns, wasn't H-E-B better than Kroger? 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. yeah, it's hard to find somebody that's yeah. uh, not going to be wrong. That's that's this. It's, it's terrible. so dumb. It's cruel. Yeah, and there has to be a pressure point on why they do it, and it isn't always. Well, Kroger looked at this and thought, well, we're in business to make money and take care of our customers and make uh, satisfy them, and then our stockholders can make money. I think that's a long way from that. Oh, we're doing it for health reasons. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. So yeah. It, it, so, so that was that was a down note. <laughs> a down. I'm sorry, I, I, I ruined it for the day. <laughs> but we had a couple up notes. Okay. And, uh, when, once again, I want to thank our viewers for tuning in today. I do believe that we are making progress slowly but surely, and we have to keep reminding ourselves, especially myself, is that uh, when we talk about the negative things and the tough times we live in, and for liberty, uh, we're struggling. But I keep thinking, yes, but there is a remnant out there. The remnant is growing. There's a better understanding than ever before. When I first went to college, not that I had anything to do with it, but hardly anybody knew about Austrian economics. I had interviewers during the presidential campaign, and, 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 and just out of uh, pure innocence, sometimes they weren't going to bash me because, but because they were confused. They said, what, what's this Australian economics? Well, of course, it's Austrian economics. So, but today, uh, you know, the, uh, like today, the Fed is going to have a major report, and everybody that cares about their checking book has to pay attention to this. No, the Federal Reserve is on the minds of a lot of people. Uh, Austrian economics have been introduced, and we give a lot of credit to the Mises Institute and Lou Rockwell. Uh, so uh, f the changes occurring in the intellectual world are definitely there. And uh, we also say that you still have to have people supporting the position of, li uh, of liberty. And that's why we love to see the crowds turning out peacefully, uh, demonstrating and resisting wearing a mask and, uh, and, and shifting and changing people's attitudes. So, uh, yes, there's a contest going on, and it seems like it's a couple years old. Now, it's probably a couple centuries or a couple millennia that this uh, whole idea of good and good and evil and right and wrong, uh, it's been going on. So it will continue, but I tell you what, if you don't even think about it, I think it has to be a very boring way to spend life. We should think about it, and if we come to conclusions that freedom is better than slavery, contribute to making that uh, the uh, acceptable practice in this country, and uh, for that reason, I think that uh, we're very pleased to be able to deliver a message to the, our viewers, and uh, we pre appreciate your support. And please come back soon. <laughs>